This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. I am thrilled to meet you back here for another podcast episode. How are you doing? How has your week been or month or however long since we spoke last? Or if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. How are you doing? I'm going to tell you, I am recording this on a Saturday. The house is so quiet. My children are visiting with their grandparents, and I am just delighted to have this time to record this podcast episode for you. Last week was a bit of a roller coaster for me, my son, who is four. His class was put on quarantine because one of the students had COVID-like symptoms, and so What that looks like is Tuesday morning, I had just dropped him off, sat down at my desk ready to work, and about an hour later got a call from the school that there was potential exposure and that I had to come get him and that the class would be on quarantine. And my husband, (laughs) we started looking at what is the process that happens on the parent side when something like that occurs, right? So he had called the school just to find out because the last time this happened, my son was out basically the whole week. And we were trying to just predict what the process was and how long it might take this other family to get their child cleared to come back to school, which would then mean my child was cleared to come back to school. So my husband is going through the process of looking at, you know, the policy, and he's just listing out all of the steps that have to happen. And it's a lot of things, a lot of things that if you're a working parent or you have any other thing going on in your life, it's going to take you a while to get all those things in place and then provide the right documentation to the school. And as he was going through that list, he was like, yeah, there's just no way anybody could ever do this, right? He felt overwhelmed and he's in the medical profession and he just like wanted to throw his hands up to the whole situation. And as I thought about this podcast episode, Five Phases of Making Your Marriage Work, it reminded me of how frustrating it can be to feel like you have a thousand steps to go through in order to achieve the end result that you want. In this case, having your children back in school, safe and healthy. And for our conversation today, having a marriage that you find enjoyable, loving your marriage, loving your spouse, getting along with your spouse, 
all of those things that when you first got married, you expected your marriage would have. So here's my commitment to you. I am not going to give you some very complicated process or set of phases that is going to overwhelm you. My commitment to you is to break this down in the simplest, most clear and doable way for you and to offer you that I can help guide you every single step of the way. I think about if, you know, this family had like a parent advocate to literally just like make the doctor's appointment, make the test, um, you know, the test appointment and write up the letter that needs to go back to the school. If they had someone guiding them every step of the way through all of these phases, how much easier that would be, how much less stress they would be, and how much it would free them up to be doing things that they much rather be doing. That's how I think about coaching, right? When I work with my clients, I literally hold their hand every step of the way and relieve all of the confusion, all of the guesswork, all of the going around in circles. And I'm continually pointing them in the direction of what they need to be focused on, what they need to be doing, and how those exact steps are going to get them the result they want. And I'm thrilled to provide that experience for you today in this podcast episode. So here's what we know, right? When your marriage is feeling very hard and very difficult, you're kind of at a loss for where to even start to make things better. It sort of feels like you've entered this rabbit hole of just conflict, of not being happy with each other. And when you stay there for a while, it literally becomes the norm. Like you're just used to operating that way. And getting out of that pattern, getting out of those cycles feels like this thing that you're not even quite sure exactly where to start. When you're in this space, what's happening is the problems are outweighing the solutions and your brain literally just can't access what to do. You're in sort of a heightened emotional state. And when you're in a heightened emotional state, your ability to be proactive, your ability to be like strategic is much lessened, right? You have sort of like this cloud over your head. You're not making the best decisions and things feel very confusing. I noticed this happen for my clients a lot. And what I've come to is that this happens for three reasons. One of the reasons is there's a part of you that's still trying to figure out how you even got into this place in the first time, right? People are always asking me, like, I don't even know how we got here. Like, I don't even know what happened. And this is normal when you've had a good marriage, when you've been getting along, and then over time, these small little insults begin to happen that build up when they're not dealt with. And then all of a sudden, it feels like you find yourself in this awful place. And so people get stuck asking themselves questions that don't really move them forward, that don't really help them get out of where they are. They're just stuck like, wait, I don't even understand. How does he treat me like this? How do I treat him like this? Why do we argue about this stuff all the time? 
And questions like this, how did we get there? What happened? How did I not notice these things before? How did I end up with someone I'm so unhappy with? They're not helpful, right? (laughs) So we want to stop asking those questions and start asking ourselves better questions like, what can I do now? All right. Which, of course, I'm going to share with you the phases that you're going to go through. The second reason I find that people sort of stay stuck is they're really focused on their spouse's faults, right? And here what's happening is they're magnifying what's wrong. And whenever you're focused on what's wrong, you're going to find more things that are wrong. And most of the time when you're focused on things that are going wrong, particularly as it relates to your spouse, you're not looking at things you actually have control over. And what happens is it creates this feeling of helplessness because now you're bombarded with all the things your spouse is doing wrong, all the ways he's a disappointment, and there's nothing you can actually do to change that. And it makes you a victim to your spouse's shortcomings. Nobody's perfect, but when you focus on all of the imperfection, all the flaws, and there's nothing you can do to change it it sort of causes you to just like shrink back and feel like you're never going to get out of the space. The third thing that's happening when people are stuck is they don't really know if it can get better, right? So they have like this shaky belief that they can get out of the rut that they're in. Again, this happens a lot when you've been in a bad place in your marriage for so long, you almost forget that it's possible to have a different existence together. And it becomes your normal. And because it's normal, it just seems like the way things are. And the idea of anything changing feels very far off. But when you can visualize and like begin to see some light at the end of the tunnel, whether that's looking for possibilities in your own interactions or just borrowing the results of other people, then you can start coming up with better solutions to help you get there. And this is why having a step-by-step process is so important. It takes you out of confusion and it puts you in the place of knowing exactly what to do. Having a step-by-step process really helps you to stay focused on the things within your control to change. And this is important not only if you're working on your marriage as a couple, but even for people that are working on their marriage on their own. When you are focused on exactly what you can do, you do what you can do. (laughs) And things change just by you doing the things that you can do. I know it sounds very simple, but it's literally the truth. Also, when you have like a step-by-step process, it shows you the exact pathway for getting better, right? So when you're in this place of like, "Ah, I'm not so sure that things are going to get better. I don't even know what that would look like for us. When you have like, no, you start here. And then when you accomplish this, then you're able to do that. And then when you do this, you're able to do that. It's literally like you're following a recipe, right? So you could have a recipe for like a red velvet cake and you see the finished product, 
But if you don't know that first you get the butter and the eggs and you put them at room temperature so they mix together better, right? If you don't know the exact phases you're going to go through, then trying to go all the way to the end result just feels like not really believable to you. Your brain is like, yeah, I'll see it when I believe it, right? So when you have phases and processes and steps that you're going through, you can sort of like picture in your mind like, oh, that's what happens first. Okay, so if that's taken care of, then now we can focus on this. And then once we focus on this and get this squared away, then we can focus on this, right? So it's literally just a recipe that you're following that's been tested. And what happens there is you can have faith in the process even when you haven't gotten all the way to the end result yet, okay? So with that as the context and with that as the lens, what I wanna offer you are the exact five phases that I take all of my couples, all of my clients through when they are working on their marriage, right? And I want you, as you listen, to think about like, where do you need to start right now? So the first phase is arguing less, plain and simple. When you argue, you're literally like throwing daggers at the marriage. It's painful. It's probably painful for you. It's painful for your husband. It's painful for the connection that you're trying to build together. And so in order to argue less, this is going to require that you give up the need to be right It's going to require that you give up the need to have your opinions heard and understood all of the time, right? So what you want to start doing is you want to really think about, is it necessary to say something right now? Do I have to bring this up? Do I have to have the last word? Most times when you just give yourself this moment to pause It will help you determine if you really need to engage your spouse in the way that you want to engage them when you're being fueled by emotions like anger and frustration, right? So you want to think about what needs to happen in your marriage for you and your husband to argue less. This is one of the most important steps because nothing else can be achieved when you're in regular and active conflict with each other. You can't connect when you're in conflict with each other. You can't enjoy each other when you're in conflict with each other. And so the first thing I want you to focus on, if this is a problem in your marriage right now, is taking steps to argue less, okay? This doesn't mean stuffing your feelings and letting resentment brew, right? There is an art to arguing less and still acknowledging your feelings, acknowledging what's upsetting to you. But a lot of people don't do this. They just lead out of their upset and their frustration, which causes the arguments in the first place, okay? The second thing you wanna do, the second part, the second phase is rebuilding a friendship. So if you're not arguing a lot, maybe you're kind of like existing like roommates and you want to start rebuilding a friendship. The way I recommend you do this 
is it starts in small ways, like having lighthearted, low stakes conversations. So you want to like literally take a list of like, what are the things I know we can talk about and he's going to be interested in, I'm going to be interested in, and it's not going to lead to an argument. I always like to recommend that my clients start with something like a question, right? I send them a set of questions to use as a guide to starting these lighthearted conversations. And one of those questions is, what was the best part of your day? How do you argue with that? (laughs) Right? Well, the only way you argue with that is when you judge what the other person is offering, right? So you have to have your own ground rules, but just asking like, what was the best part of your day today? That's such a lovely question, right? Even if you had a bad day, the act of like searching your brain for like, what was the best part will lift your mood and lift your spirits. There's very little room for conflict here. And what happens in the process is it builds trust. It builds trust and belief that like, oh, we can have a conversation and not have an argument. Also, this is an interesting question, right? So when you are interested in what you're talking about together, it's much easier to build a friendship and it creates safety. It's safe for me to share a little bit of myself with my spouse again, right? Now, at this phase, when you're rebuilding a friendship, many people think I shouldn't have to learn how to be friends with my spouse, right? They're sort of like we're married. Like, why do we have to relearn how to be friends? And what I just want to offer is it's not very helpful to think about it that way, right? What you have to recognize is there's been a significant break in that friendship, there's been a significant break in that camaraderie that made your marriage feel easy and fun. So starting out fresh where you're like, okay, we're just going to learn how to be friends again without all of these expectations, make it so much easier and it can make this phase of making your marriage better feel very exciting and kind of fresh. Like, let's learn about each other again. Let's chat and talk and, you know, have the experience that we had when we were first getting to know each other, okay? So I want you to think about, like, are you there? Are you there where what you want to be focusing on is rebuilding your friendship? The third phase is intentionally spending more quality time together, right? So once you're not arguing... And once you're rebuilding friendship and able to have sort of like these easy, lighthearted conversations, you're going to find that it's more enjoyable to be around each other. You're going to actually like each other. (laughs) And I think one of the most important things when you are intentionally spending more quality time together is to create situations that are free of pressure. You want to think about quality time as just this thing that you do together. It doesn't need to be this thing where you go into scheduling, like we have to have date nights. We have to spend, you know, once a month, we have to do this together, right? It's not about making it feel like work. When you're rebuilding a connection and you're trying to spend quality time together, you want it to be things that you just like naturally fall into. And the way you do this is one, you're just available for it. You're open to it. 
right? Whether that's your spouse saying, hey, I'm going to watch TV. And maybe you just like, instead of going to the bedroom, you sit right there on the couch and watch TV together. This is how you ease into it. And I know a lot of, you know, the conventional advice out there will tell you like, no, you need to be scheduling date nights. You need to be doing this. And yes, in some marriages, that is where people need to start. But if you're, you know, coming off of being in conflict and not really getting along, scheduling it will make it feel very forced. And what you want is you want to just re-enter a natural flow of positive progression. So all of the scheduling, whether that's scheduling date nights or trying to schedule sex, at this phase, it's unnecessary because it creates so much pressure. And when you have a lot of pressure, you have a lot of expectations. And when you have a lot of expectations, then you set yourself up for disappointment, which then takes you right back to being in conflict with each other. Okay. Phase four is operating like a team. This is one of my favorite phases because most of my clients have children and operating like a team is so important (laughs) when you have kids that need things done for them and places to be and just require a lot of your time and energy, right? So at this phase, what happens is you are ready to have some of those more honest conversations about how to better work together. You've built up some goodwill and you've built up this openness to support each other, right? I really want you to think about there in your marriage, like, do you have like this openness and this willingness to support each other? Or is it feeling like you're in competition with each other, right? I have an episode on this podcast called Competition Matches in Marriage, where again, when you're raising a family together, your alone time or your relaxing time or time to get the regular household duties done, if you aren't working together and wanting to support each other, it can feel like you're in competition where it's like, well, if you're going to go do that, then like, what about me? When am I going to be able to do the things that I need to do? And so that is happening when you're arguing, right? Like that type of conversation, that type of experience of feeling in competition with each other for time is most likely happening in those phases where you're still arguing a lot. But when you're in this phase, phase four, and you're intentionally working on how to operate more like a team, you actually are open to supporting each other. It doesn't feel like you're in competition. You have this mindset of like, yes, you get the time to do what you need to do, and I get the time to do what I need to do. So here's where if you're wanting your husband or if you're wanting your spouse, if there are men who are listening, to help you out more or to do more, right? It's first thinking about, is this something that's realistic for me to ask and expect them to do? Is it something they're going to be able to do at my level of preference or my standards? And you really want to just be honest about that, not from a place of judgment, but just like, is this something that like my spouse is really going to do? And if they're not, then you want to start thinking creatively about how to get it done without expecting them to do something that they're just not the best person to do. And you want to question like, 
for those of you who really want your husband to be helping out more, you want to ask your question, does he have to be the one to do it? Does he have to be the one to do it, right? And if so, why? We have a lot of uninvestigated expectations that sometimes need to be questioned. And so it's important to also think about as you consider working together as a team, thinking about ways you can expand your team. Not everything has to be done by the two of you. Is there a housekeeper you need? Do you need like a grocery delivery service? Do you need a meal prep service? Do you need a team of babysitters, right? I am a big fan of hiring help as often as you can just to take things off of your plate. Because when you're stressed and when you're overwhelmed, it's always going to put more pressure on the marriage and it's always going to leave you feeling disappointed because it's going to feel like there's never enough help. And let's just expand your circle of the people that are helping you, okay? Phase five is the most fun where you are reestablishing that loving and playful connection that you once had, right? So by the time you get to this phase, it should feel pretty easy. It should feel like this is just who we are. This is just how we interact with each other, right? You make light of things. Even if you have a little conflict, it's like no big deal. You stop taking each other's comments personally, right? You're just not offended. And here you're also probably feeling more intimate with each other, whether that's emotional intimacy and physical intimacy, because anything that had been keeping you distant and disconnected from each other has been addressed, right? You're down in where things are getting really good. And to get here, one of the hallmarks is your thoughts about each other will have changed and you will see more of the person that you fell in love with. You'll be able to see this as a person who is doing their best. You'll think more positively about each other. And it's just easy and fun and enjoyable. Okay. So let me just recap those phases again. Phase one is arguing less. Phase two is rebuilding a friendship. Phase three is intentionally spending more quality time together. Phase four is operating more like a team. And phase five is reestablishing that loving, playful connection, right? So as you listened, where are you right now? What needs to be your focus in your marriage? And what are the things you can get started on to make some forward movement, right? So if you're in phase one, I want you to think about How would going from phase one, where you're arguing, right? You're focusing on arguing less to rebuilding that friendship. What would it look like for you to make that transition? How would it impact your life, right? I have a client right now who's going on a full month of no arguments with her husband. And she told me in our session, she was like, I don't ever want to go back. I don't ever want to go back to arguing with him like we were before, right? And what she's doing now is she's learning how to live in a space where they just don't argue. She's learning how to be in this new normal in their marriage. And so last weekend, they took an online class together. They are going on walks and they're planning their summer activities, right? That's what this looks like for her. 
And I want you to know that this can be you too. You can go from arguing so much to arguing less and rebuilding a friendship with this person that is your best friend. It's totally possible for you. And I want to let you know that I can help you do that. I have a private coaching program where we can work together. You can work with me as a couple with your spouse doing this work alongside each other, right? Each of you is focused on what it is you need to be doing to make the marriage better. Or if you're at a place where you know you're ready to get started doing this work right now on your own, that's available to you as well. So in order to have a conversation about how we would work together, what all of that would look like, I want to invite you to a complimentary call with me. We will hop on Zoom and we will have the opportunity where you can share with me what phase you're in, what that looks like for you, and then we will build out your step-by-step process with my help to making your marriage an amazing gift to your life. One of the things I often think about is like marriage is supposed to be one of the greatest joys of your life. And so if that's not where you are right now, I am the coach to help you get there. So go to my website. It is drshavon.com. There will be a tab that says work with me and you will want to press that. You will want to schedule a time for us to meet together and we'll go from there. All right. So I look forward to having that conversation with you. I look forward to hearing about where you are in these phases and how you're moving yourself to a better phase. I will be back with you soon. All right. Take care. Bye for now. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.